I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. I'm Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kedinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Biggie from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK. And you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Welcome on to the next of our Run with Coach Parry sessions. I am Brad Brown and with me I've got uh, the coach, Lindsay Parry, once again. Lindsay, welcome back. Good good to catch up. How's it, Brad? Yeah, looking forward to today's question. I hope it's a good one. Yeah, it is going to be a good one, Lindsay. And, and this sort of strategy really burst on the scene here in South Africa. It's been around for a long, long time and it burst onto the scene when one of your athletes, Caroline Bossman, won Comrades uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, it's got to do with the run-walk strategy. And the question comes in from Tapelo. And Tapelo is saying, when calculating the run-walk strategy, do you calculate the race as being an even split or should you be conservative in the first half and aim for a negative split? I think it's a it's a great, great question. Uh, how should Tapelo, and this, Lindsay, I'm guessing, applies to any distance, whether you're running a 10, uh, a 21, a 42, or if you're going on and running an ultra? No, absolutely. So it is. It, it works across all distances. Um, and it is, it's a two-part question, and I think it's important to answer it in two parts because although they are quite tightly, tightly interlinked, um, they are two slightly different concepts. And the, and the first is the question of pacing. And yes, you should always aim to run a fairly even pace in a race, but you need to take the route, route profile into account. You know, for example, if you're going to have a race that's fairly flat to halfway and then it's quite hilly in the second half, well, then it's not going to be an even pace strategy. You are going to be a little quicker in the first half than you are going to be in the second half. But that's not to say that you're going to be banking time because that's the wrong attitude to take. Because if you're banking time, when you need your energy for the hardest part of the route, you're really just not going to have it. So in that sort of scenario, what we're really talking about is even effort. So we want to be able to meet out a similar effort in the first half and the second half, but the second half will obviously be slower because it's going to be harder because it's a very hilly second half um so they are two different concepts and you know this works literally across 5k and and longer you know i i I see it over and over again and and it's quite funny to me that no matter what the distance is if you run in the same place for a couple of years you get to know all the runners around you and it's remarkable to me that two-thirds into a race i always pass the same people that have gone out too hard and in a 5K, it'll be at 3Ks. In a 10K, it'll be at 7Ks. In a 21K, it's at about 16, 15, 16Ks, and so on and so forth. So pacing is important. And the idea should be that you should get to the finish line pretty knackered, almost not really able to go another step, but that you're still able to maintain the pace that you were at the start. So that's a that that's really the discussion around pacing. And then a run-walk strategy goes a hell of a long way to helping us to get a much more even um, pacing strategy and very importantly to keep your legs fresher for longer. So the longer a race goes on, the more important a run-walk strategy becomes. However, there are really good examples um, in Ironman, for example, with someone like Jan Fredino, who's used it very successfully even at the half marathon at the end of a, a Ironman where he walks through the 
the water points and still runs a 70 minute 21k off the bike so it, this is something for slow runners and fast runners alike uh, for me it's something that needs to be practiced so if you're going to do it in a race you need to be doing it in training and you've got to figure out what works for you as an individual uh, and a run walk strategy can be anything ranging from five minutes of running one minute of walking 10 minutes one minute of walking, five Ks of running, one minute of walking, five Ks of running, two minutes of walking. You've got to kind of settle on a groove that feels good for you, feels comfortable, um, and that kind of helps you get into a bit of a rhythm. And then there's always a second aspect to walking for me, and that is when we get to the hills. And this is the a very common error I see. Loads of people walk when they get to the top. Take the the vast majority of people who do walk in races that is exactly how they do it it's like there's too much pride involved to walk on the actual hill so we'll walk at the top and, and whenever i see the strategy used what i see is everyone around you that runs over the top of the hill and gets onto the down you, you never see them again and those are often typically the people who are walking on the hill itself so that when they get to the top of the hills they don't need a rest and that's quite key because a walk break is not supposed to be a rest. It's also why you're supposed to incorporate it from early on in the race. So it's a nice power walk. It's not a rest. If you're only incorporating them in the late in the race, it's normally very slow. It's not highly motivated and it's, it's to, to, to take a rest. So uh, to close it off and just to explain why it's such an effective strategy is because when we walk, if we walk with purpose, we're still making up a good chunk of ground. We're not slowing down much, but we greatly reduce the impact force. So that's the force when we hit the ground and the eccentric load on the muscles. We change the frequency of the contraction of the muscles, and we also change the recruitment. So in other words, fewer muscles are recruited. So in essence, although it's not a, a rest, and it's certainly not a cardiovascular rest, it is a bit of a rest, a short break for those muscles, and it just keeps them strong and firing at the right frequency for much longer into the race. Absolutely. And uh, if you're talking about uh, practicing it in training, make sure you check out the training programs on coachperry.com. Uh, we've got a wide range of programs there, right from 10Ks all the way up to ultras, to comrades, uh, and everything in between. So go check it out, coachperry.com forward slash training. And also, if you have uh, any questions that you'd like us to answer uh, here on Run With Coach Perry, the website or the URL to get to, and it'll redirect you to our Facebook group, is coachperry.com forward slash Facebook. Uh, it's a bit easier to remember than the whole Facebook address. So that's coachperry.com forward slash Facebook. Lindsay, as always, great to catch up. Uh, thanks for that. And uh, yeah, I think the run-walk strategy is something that uh, a lot more people should employ. That, that go-until-you-blow strategy doesn't tend to work uh, as well for, for most of us mere mortals. And uh, I know I've employed it with great success. And uh, I know many of your athletes has as well. So uh, thanks for your time today. Much appreciated. We look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, awesome. See you guys soon.